Welcome to Seek Bytes, a podcast for software engineers by software engineers. Today's topic is software engineering grad programs. We've got Ben Swart, a current grad, talking about his experience as a grad. We've also got Scott Dan, the software engineering graduate program manager, giving his insight into why the program started and the problems it solved. Plus, we touch on who can apply, how to apply, and tips on how others can start a graduate program themselves. Are listening to Seek Bites. All right, great to be back. We've got myself and Seamus, uh, but we've also got Scott Dan here. Hey, Scott. Hi, how are you, Will? Seamus. Hey. And we've also got Ben Swart. Did I say that? Yeah, yeah, Swart. There you go. Um, Scott, tell us who you are, what you do here at Seek. Yeah, thanks for um, having me, first of all. So uh, I'm a practice manager within our career enablement team here at Seek. but in particular within our engineering department. So uh, I I oversee a number of services and programs, one of which is very dear to my heart, which we're talking about today, which is the software engineering graduate program. So um, yeah, I'm really delighted to have the opportunity to talk about the evolution of the program, what it is and um, the impact it's had at SEEK. Yeah, and we also have one of the grads here, which is Ben. Yeah, so I've been a part of the grad program for about eight months now. Um, so started in February and yeah, it's been really good. I really enjoyed it so far. Super exciting. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty keen to hear about this because I haven't experienced a grad program and actually uh, we did an episode recently about career progression. I, so I didn't go to uni. I didn't kind of, it's a, it's a very different uh, world for me. So I'm kind of listening in. I've, I'm going to be keen to ask some questions. But Seamus, you've, you've been in the grad program years ago. Is that right? Yeah, I think I was like the third round of grads we, I think I was the only grad group that did mid-year entry. So we started in July, whereas every other group tends to start in Feb or around about then. Um, that would have been four, five years ago that I started, 2018, mid-2018. So the program's changed a bit since then, but I've been involved in the boot camp every year, uh, the Accelerator. What do we call it now? The Accelerator? Accelerator, Accelerator yeah. program, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I've been involved in the Accelerator program pretty much every year. I think this is, might be the first year that I wasn't involved. Wow, third year, that's very early on. So I guess I'm curious, like, how did the grad program start and maybe just a bit of a high level of what the grad program is? Yeah, good question. So I've I've been at SEEK now for almost 10 years. So I joined in 2014 and I was back then I was in our talent acquisition team and I specifically had the role of hiring talent for, um, for technology across the business. And one of the things that struck me when I joined was is uh, just how senior all our engineers were. We, the, in terms of the, the skew of talent, it was very heavily towards senior. Um, and there's benefits to that, but there's also some challenges in that. Um, namely, we weren't growing our own talent. So when you think about building an engineering culture, the type of practices, the things you believe in, if you're constantly hiring in talent from other organizations, you're bringing in their beliefs, their cultures, their practices, and that's always going to be something that all businesses do. But there was this uh, real imbalance where we weren't actually growing our own talent. The second challenge we had was is having so many senior software engineers as they were at the time, there was no opportunity for them to build some of the skills that they wanted to become leaders within the business. So that coaching, teaching, imparting knowledge, Um, everyone looked around and everyone was a peer. So I 
got together with um, some of the engineering leaders and we put together a proposal for a what, what is now our graduate program. We, um, funnily enough, back in 2016, we had um, approval to hire two. So just two. Two grads. Two grads. That was it. It was like aim small, miss, miss small. That was, and let's learn from it and let's see if this thing takes off. Um, and so fast forward now, um, you know, I think we're into our ninth intake in ANZ and we've just had our second intake in Asia based in Kuala Lumpur kickoff. So um, we definitely, that, that proof of concept um, definitely took off. At a high level, what is it? So what is our, our self-engineering graduate program? It's a 13-month program in-house. It starts off with a one-month onboarding program, which we call an accelerator program. And the idea there being is that we try and give the grads like Ben here an opportunity to get a sense of what are the, some of the technologies and the practices that they're going to be exposed to in the wider seek business before we go and put them in a team. Because um, think of um, the sort of, you know, it might be the first professional job for many of our grads. So that can be quite jarring in and of itself. The second thing we do in that four-week program is we try and build a bit of a cohort spirit. Yeah. So they feel like that they've got peers, people going through the same experience. Um, and they've also got dedicated um, what we call uh, accelerator program leads that support them. Post the accelerator program, they're going to do two rotations in the business. They're six months each. Um, one of the things that we do at Seek is the grads get to choose their rotation. So rather than Seek sort of decide, no, we want you to go and do a front-end rotation or one-end AI, specifically we give the grads an opportunity to choose what's the type of experience that they would like to have in the program. And the, the final point I'll make is philosophically, we're trying to build broad generalist engineers. So we don't tell Ben, for example, what type of engineer he's going to be day one. We want him to go as wide as possible with his technology or engineering experiences before he decides what's the type of career I might want to tread in this big world of technology. Um, and so, you know, the, the program really is geared towards the sort of choose your own adventure model um, with some caveats, you know, it's you can't, can't launch a rocket um, day one. It's Is that interesting right? that you mentioned that. I, uh, it always makes me think of um, Somya who came in through the grad program, engineering, did two rotations in, in engineering focused teams and then moved into our AIPS department and is now doing data science as the main focus of the work that she does. Yeah. So it's like... Yeah, you're not, it's not just that you're about building software. The things that you can learn can lead towards, you know, AI work as well. Yeah, we've had people spill over into security, uh, mobile, other disciplines as well. So we try and, um, as I say, teach them the foundations of what a software engineering career could look like at Seek and also out there in the industry. Um, and we're really proud of where all the grads have gone to from there. So, yeah. How is it for, for you, Ben? Were you given this spiel before you joined the grad <laughs> program? And <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, during the uh, accelerator day, so that was like one and a half days um, during the onboarding process for the job, Scott uh, came along and told us how great Seek was, um, <laughs> how great the grad program is. Yeah, so for my first six months uh, in the grad program, I was you know, with a team called Raw Requirements. Um, and they were a full stack team. Um, and we owned like the role requirements that you attach to a job ad. So it's questions like, do you have a driver's license? Um, how, how many years of experience do you have uh, with this job? Uh, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so that was probably 80% uh, back end and 20% front end. And 
it was really good to um, join their team and just get an experience for, you know, a lot of different technologies and, you know, working with other teams, uh, calling different services, um, just like learning how to program in a professional sense, I suppose. Um, yeah, and now I'm in my second rotation with a, in AIPS, actually, um, with recommendations. Um, and that's been really good. It's more niche than uh, my full stack rotation. So I've been learning heaps of new stuff. I came out of my first rotation. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm feeling comfortable. Um, you know, I've learned all this new stuff. And then like, bam, bam, I went into my second rotation and it was like completely new. I was like starting from scratch again, but it's been really good. Um, yeah, just been learning heaps, to it, be honest. It's mm. pretty amazing how you get such a diverse experience through those rotations. Um, it's so easy for people to get siloed into the first job that they landed in. Like they landed in a Java script job doing web dev and maybe that, that role was UI focused so they become a UI engineer. Or they land in an API team and they become a backend engineer. The grad program is kind of like setting you up to break that down from day one so that you know if I want to do back end or front end, it's just a team shift. I can just move around the company. I can keep doing that for the next 10 years, get a complete full experience all the way through from like data science through front end, back end and everything else like that. Something Scott mentioned that I was really curious to ask you about, Ben. Um, Scott mentioned that the engineering we, we try to change the engineering culture through the grads, um, obviously like instilling the best practices early on, and then trying to empower grads by you know telling them, hey, you can challenge the most senior engineers in your team if they disagree or don't follow these practices that we're mm -hmm. teaching you in the accelerator program. Has that been? Um, does that line up with your experience? Do you feel like the the teams you've worked with have been pretty open to? I guess, being told by a grad, better ways to do things? I feel like all the teams in SEEK are pretty inviting to new ideas, adjusting to uh, like new ways of working. So pretty open for change. And I feel like, especially my first rotation, since I haven't really been in my second for very long, I felt like, yeah, I was really like a valuable member of the team. I was able to have my voice heard and create impact in the team. And yeah, uh, my engineering manager like really enjoyed having a grad in the team because I guess as a grad, you have a lot of energy um, and you're just really enthusiastic. And I think it brings like a really good vibe to the team. And my team really enjoyed having a grad. So they just really loved like the new like perspectives like a grad can bring and like the energy as well that a grad brings. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And actually one thing I picked up um, from you saying like one of the reasons we decided to start it was to not, not just help you know, graduates, but to also help people at SEEK becoming mentors. Um, have, what's your perspective on that? And like, has, have you been seeing like engineers, senior engineers or whoever gets to mentor uh, engineers? Yeah, great. Grow from it, that? It's a great question. I must admit, we were, I was a little bit myopic when we first started the grad program. It was all about the grads. What's the grads experience? Uh, how do we develop them? How do we get them to the next level that they need to be so that they can grow their career? And then very quickly, it became apparent the impact we're having on the engineers and the teams that the grads were going into. People were being given an opportunity to teach what they knew, share their knowledge, impart their wisdom. And in some cases, I'm sure this is not the case with you, Will, or with Seamus, you can get a bit comfortable with the way, you know, you get a bit set in your 
ways. Um, the word I would use is curiosity. So you have people like Ben come along to a team that ask good questions, questions that may not have been asked for a long time in that team, especially if that's a mature team. Why do we do it this way? Why do we use this technology? I noticed that we made this decision architecturally at some um, some point along the journey. Um, and that curiosity from the grads really does challenge some of those engineers to think about, oh, hang on a second, we haven't questioned this for a while. Maybe we should be questioning this. Um, and so some of the outcomes that you asked, we're, we're seeing a lot of, within our career pathway, which has recently been extended at SEEK, we're seeing a lot of people craving to decide, do I maybe want to be a people leader one day? How do I sort of dip my toe in the water to try what it would like to be responsible for someone's career development or craft? Um, and the graduate program gives a great opportunity because for six months at a time, you can either be a technical buddy, where day to day, you're actually working side by side, whether that be re remotely or in person in the office, but you know, really pair programming, sharing your wisdom, that sort of stuff, helping go down a rabbit hole with a grad on, on, a, on, a, on a problem, or being a supervisor whereby you're basically a pseudo line manager. You're setting goals, you're sort of lifting your attention from the day to day to say, well, what is it that you want to achieve over the next month, the next three months, the next six months? Um, giving feedback, you know, and that can be a hard thing to do, especially if you've been in a technical vocation, then suddenly it's like, hey, I'm going to grab Ben here and give him some feedback in the moment about how I think he could have spoken up a bit more in that last retro or whatever it might be. So yeah, in particular, the technical skills, helping engineers understand just how much they know. You actually don't realize how much you know until you teach someone. So giving people that opportunity is a really great way. It's also a really great way to relight the fires for your craft. You know, sometimes we're all thinking, is this what I want to do? Um, you know, oh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. And then you go and reteach re a skill like uh, TypeScript or something that you've been doing for a long time, you get pat you know, you, you might get a little bit comfortable with. Um, and then the non-technical skills, like I spoke about. Uh, we've seen a lot of people transition towards lead engineer roles within our career pathway and even engineering manager roles by uh, upskilling and trying before they buy, if I can use that phrase, and the grad programs really being able to facilitate those opportunities. Prior to that, uh, as someone would go to their manager and say, hey, I think I might want to try you know, coaching or, 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 or management, and they're like, I just don't have that opportunity for you in the team. So the grad program's given that opportunity. It's pretty amazing how far we've seen some of the grads go. Like uh, You're talking about how we, it gives opportunities for people to take on the shoes of a lead, right? Like a pseudo supervisor, basically. Um, and essentially fulfilling the role of a proper uh, line manager, essentially everything but on paper, right? Um, what I found really kind of, I, I guess, surprising, I'm not sure what the best word is for it in this moment, but something that I love about the program is when grads are delivering content in the accelerator program and acting as buddies or supervisors. So it's going full circle because sometimes people in the team, um, like maybe there's someone who's on their way to lead, so they'll make that person the supervisor and then we'll have the grad buddy be an ex-grad because they're the closest to the program. They've just gone through it. You know, they, They're in the best position. And it has this really interesting benefit of sort of kickstarting or, or propelling grads further in their career very rapidly. Like we've seen um, one of our grads, I don't want to like name names or anything, but one of our grads, I think at about the five year mark made it to principal, which is like, I think most ten, tends to be like 10 to 15 years where you sort of get towards that principal role. Um, and yeah, we're seeing grads like multiple grads starting to push into the lead role as well. Yep. So it's pretty amazing to see people kind of halving their career time to reach that, that managerial level. Yeah. I think, um, the, uh, maybe one of the unintended uh, benefits of the program, but definitely something that surprised me is the community aspect 
we now have 52 current uh, or alumni uh, graduates now, and it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So it's, it's fantastic to see these grads now playing a role within the program for the, the incoming cohorts, uh, to see them give back, to see them have a really high level of empathy because they're like, hey, I was where you were two, three, four years ago. I, I, I know what it was like. Um, so it's really nice to see the community almost take ownership for the program outcomes, the quality of the teaching, the quality of the support. Um, we get very, very, we get tremendous um, sponsorship and support from our group execs and our execs. So they love the program. They see the outcomes. Uh, to your point, um, we have staff engineers, senior staff engineers in the business, which are really senior influential technical roles that are being held by ex-grads. And just remembering our first cohort started in February, 2017. That's, that's a really short period of time to have people um, sort of, you know, getting to that level within their career. And they've done so just based on behaviours and outcomes, you know, which is so we're really proud of that. Yeah. yeah. I was actually curious, like we've talked about, like we, we do have graduate alumni, but what actually happens after the grad program? I assume we don't just say, Ben, well, good luck, uh, you know, go find another job. Like we, we do. It sounds like we do offer a lot of them jobs. And is that common? Do we keep a lot of grads? Yeah, a good question. I might answer first. And, yeah. and Ben's not in a position just yet, although he's probably already starting to think about what <laughs> will I do post-program. So for our listeners out there, all of our grads are permanent employees. So this is not a, there are some traineeships or graduate programs out there where uh, at the end of that program, you almost literally need to reapply for a job with that organization. And no, uh, our grads are going nowhere. We're putting a lot of time and effort into them from day one, they're permanent employees. Um, but once the program's finished, they have an opportunity to, we've worked really hard behind the scenes to make sure that they actually have a chance to nominate which team and which part of the business they would like to go into. One of the things we're proud of at SEEK is across the SEEK group, we're big enough to give a really diverse range of opportunities and businesses. So think of Certsi, Jora, um, the, 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 the SEEK business in, in Asia, Job Street, Jobs DB. So there's, there's a real opportunity to go and step into a line of business within the, the SEEK group. To, to choose an engineering outcome and then also specialization. So we've had grads post-program. Um, there was an example before of a previous grad that wanted to move into data science. I was really proud that we had an opportunity that they could do that within Seek, uh, but also take that software engineering skill set and, and, and use that in a, in a data science in, environment where pe people move into specializations like security um, and mobile. So Ben, at the end of, uh, towards the end of his second rotation, he'll be thinking about where would I like to go? Um, we sort of remove some of the structural roadblocks that happen within businesses around things like headcount and cost centers. We've got some agreements up front that make it easy for those grads to be able to nominate a team um, and then be able to onboard that team. It's probably no surprise for us at Seek, but maybe for some listeners, um, you know, the grads get really emotionally attached to the teams that they go into. For often it's a their first professional experience of being a programmer or software engineer. And so I think the stats is something like three out of four grads since 2017 have chosen one of their rotation teams as the teams that they would like to go into post-program. And why is that? Unfinished business, uh, love the team. Uh, there's a really strong mentor in that team or line manager that they've yeah. really connected with. Making friends uh, as well, just the relationships you can Yeah, absolutely. And, and we often hear things about, um, I've seen the roadmap. I know what we're building. I'm really excited about that. 
that I want to see that through. So that's another reason. Uh, we also have some grads that look at that decision as uh, another opportunity, almost like a third rotation. It's like, I've got a chance here to do something completely different again, um, which we may talk about in, in a moment, which is one of the things that has really changed the engineering culture at Seek that I've seen in my 10 years, which was when people joined, they joined a team, they stayed in that team, they got deep expertise in that team, but people didn't move. There wasn't internal mobility. We weren't taking knowledge of one of our domains or one of our techs, and we weren't going to another part of the business and helping bring that knowledge with it. Through the fact that grads have to rotate, they can't say, as much as Ben loved his first rotation team, Ben had to move. Um, there's no bad teams and you don't know what you don't know. Um, but one of the things that I have seen is, is that out in the wider seek, we've got people now starting to think about where else could I apply my trade? Where else could I get a technical or a professional challenge? So I think that's one of the things that we've done to change the engineering culture at seek as well, which has definitely come from uh, this concept of rotations. Yeah, actually, that, that's a really interesting point that you put there, that you're kind of teaching them that you can swap teams. And I, and I find that sometimes if uh, a, a developer doesn't like their current team, they'll just change companies. Because they're just like, well, that, you know, I don't like it here, I must not like that. But which is not true. Like, uh, swapping teams is usually enough to kind of get, you know, push through that burnout if, you've, if you're just feeling bored. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just thought that was, I didn't really think of that as like, something you're doing within the grad program even just like swapping teams showing what's available um yeah really really cool i kind of like that There's uh, one element of the graduate program is the rotations we've spoken about. We actually run an internal, almost like think of a shark tank, uh, except we get all, because we've only got a certain number of grads, so we typically have between five or six grads in each of our intakes, so in uh, Kuala Lumpur and in Melbourne, and we'll have more teams that want a grad than we have available grads. So I came up with this concept of pitch fest, whereby we sort of reverse engineered the process whereby we got the business to say, hey, if you want to host a grad for a rotation, you need to pitch to them. You need to you need to make them feel welcomed and loved and you know what's the opportunity if you've only got two rotations at seek come spend one of one of them with us um, and so you know pitchfest was a really great way of teams advertising what they do how they work and why it's a really great career opportunity and the thing we found was is we started getting all these engineers who had nothing to do with the grad program asking if they could uh, join the pitch fest because they just wanted to hear what all the teams were doing and we constantly get feedback now to say that's a really great way to advertise what the different parts of seek are doing and we often get people ask us to say hey can i grab that recording because i'm thinking about what i might want to do next at seek and i loved what i heard on pitch fest across those 14 15 16 teams that pitched so, yeah. Using Shark Tank as an analogy is pretty accurate, right? Especially like it's the thing that surprised me the most when we started doing Pitch Fest was how competitive teams became <laughs> to the point where we've had to, uh, I say we, like to the point where you, I don't run the program, to the point where you've had to start actually including in the invite no slides. Like teams were dressing up, they were like going themed, everyone was changing <laughs> oh, their, wow. their Zoom background to be like the team's banner and they did like a uh, fake interview or like fake pair programming. It was like, uh, this is Bob and he's going to, he's the senior engineer and this is Sarah and she's the uh, lead engineer and they're going to 
uh, act as if it's the supervisor and, and you're the grad and, and let's go through what that would look like in a day in the team as a grad yeah. go and it's like just amazing how much how far teams are willing to go to compete because they find having a grad so valuable yeah it was um I, I really I love the creativity. I love the passion that went into it. Um, we've obviously got a very strong hackathon culture here at Seek and it literally is like at hackathon when the teams are pitching their ideas. It was literally the teams pitching to the grads. So um, yeah, and, and Ben, you know, I'd love to hear your experience because you've now mm. been through two pitch fests. What's it like having teams sort of fall over themselves to say, hey, come work with us? Oh, sorry. The pitch fest, pitch, pitch fest is between, I thought it happened right at the end of the graduate program. Is this, this no, in between? No, yeah. So just to be clear, the pitch fest happens for the two rotations so Ben needs to decide which team is he going to go into for rotation one and then he needs to decide which team is he going to go into for rotation two so we run pitch fest twice a year at the end of the program there's not a pitch fest um, the L plates are ripped off we sort of leave it to Ben He's he'll be um, well armed with the information he needs to go and approach teams that he would like to potentially join so that's done in a in a, in a slightly uh, more direct way but in a, in, a, in a more public way we do pitch fest for rotation one and rotation two decisions but um gotcha. yeah ben, ben's probably got a different experience i've never been pitched to i've facilitated the pitch fest but what's it like ben having people pitch to you um yeah the pitch fest has been really good in terms of helping me out with picking a team um it's really good to just get a quick summary of like what the team does uh the, like five minute lightning talks and it's also really good to like kind of gauge like the vibe that the team gives off you know because a couple of their members will come pitch and you can really get a feel for, you know, what the team might be like to to join. And it also gives, like, the grads the ability to go out and ask questions after the pitch fest to the people that have pitched to them. So it makes it really hard to choose a team after, like, all these teams have pitched to you and there's, like, so many things going in your head. Oh, I could do this, I could do that. But it really helps, like, guide the process of, like, finding the team that's right for you and right for what you want to learn and get out of the rotation. Yeah, it's a great way of doing it. I think instead of just like getting assigned a team, like you'll be going into this thing that you're not really that interested in, but suck it up because that's how we do it. Mm. It's a really good alternative with the pitch fest and having some, you know, guidance over your career and what you want to achieve out of it. Yeah. Having more choice is a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. How, how did you apply to, to the grad program? Uh, yeah, ironically, it was through the Seek website. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I just applied through Seek, answered some behavioral questions, uploaded my resume, and then I also did some video questions and they were behavioral again, just, you know, what's a challenge that you've had to overcome with like your team before, um, things like that. The pit and, fight with the lion, you got to mention yeah. that. Yeah, the, they threw you in the pit, fight off the lion. If you live, you make it in. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was, and then the online assessment, which is just like a hacker rank thing. Um, you just answer some coding questions. And from all of that, you can then get shortlisted to the assessment center, I think it's called. And that's one and a half days where there's about 20 of us and we do a bunch of like team building games. We do like some pair programming. We do like a behavioral interview with um, some of the grads, actually. So my buddy, first rotation, actually interviewed me, which is, you know, we always laugh about that. And yeah, from uh, the assessment day, you then get a call from Scott. Uh, he's like, <laughs> Scott, direct, yeah. direct through. My, yeah, myself or a member of the, the talent acquisition team would reach out, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and say congrats on the job. And um, yeah, from there you just start the, the grad program, do your boot camp, so, sorry, um, 
uh, accelerator. It, yeah, accelerator yeah. program, not bootcamp. And yeah, start your rotations from there. What are you guys looking for applicants when they join? Yeah, good question. Um, Do they have to have a degree? Yeah, I was also curious as that as well, because I have heard very rarely that sometimes non-grads can join as well. But I was just curious, yeah, what are you guys looking for and what are the kind of requirements as well? Really great question, and I'll, I'll try and demystify it for the listeners out there. Um, there is no requirement to have a university or tertiary education to uh, apply for our, our graduate program. And even if you did, it does not need to be in a technical discipline. So um, can't get away from the fact that this is not a marketing graduate program. Um, so you, you've got to have a, an acute passion or interest in wanting to write code for a living. All right, We're not going to get away from that. So, and it is a part of the, the application process. So we've had people who've done um, OT, you know, been occupational therapists. We've had people who have been civil engineers. One uh, of our current grads did biotech. Yeah. I think they have a degree in biotech. Yeah. They started doing a PhD in biotech and then realized it wasn't yeah. for them. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, and we've also had people who have been career transitioners. So, um, you know, they've gone off and, and uh, started life as an accountant and then wanted uh, to change. So just to be really clear on the, on the eligibility, it's that um, there's no requirement to have a tertiary degree. Although if someone has obviously done, uh, we value education at seek so I, I'm not going to just dismiss that um, wholesale so though if you have done a, uh, a any form of technical vote or, um, sort of training that that is going to be helpful um, you are going to do um, some coding so codility is a platform we use in, uh, to do some sort of your your generic um, scripting testing but more importantly you asked about what are we looking for in the profile we, we really are looking for a well-rounded human being okay so someone who's passionate someone who's curious someone who wants to have a career in technology someone who plays nicely with others um, and, and someone who understands that they're not going to know everything day one and they've got a real uh, desire for continuous learning. Because here at Seek, by the time you've learned it, it's changed again. All right. So you're just going to be up. And so across our hiring process, um, Ben alluded to some of the different elements we looked at. We do some one-way video interviewing. So you can take as many takes as you like, but we ask you questions about, you know, how have you worked with others? Tell us about the time you failed. What did you learn from it? Tell us about the time you had to achieve something with, with other people or with a team. Uh, you will do a coding test. Um, you do do a written application, which is more of trying to understand a, around um, you know, what what are the sort of passions that you have about solving problems in society around technology? Um, so those elements, in, and if you think about Seek, we've sort of got four principles that we look for, which is around passion, team, delivery, and future. So we're looking for good problem solvers. We're looking for people who play well in teams. We're looking for people who are passionate about a career in technology. Ben, um, Ben's here just like taking all the compliments. Yeah, like, thank you, thank you. exactly. <laughs> um, and so, uh, and, and once again, when we make our... Um, determination. So we do have a criteria and there's two, those two stages, the, the, the application stage and then the shortlisted assessment center stage. They're actually all equally weighted. And what I mean by that is we don't put a premium on the coding. So in the assessment center, you will do pair programming, but you're going to do it with another candidate. And it's not about who's the best coder. It's about how did you work through that problem with each other? How did you learn from each other? You know, who drove, who supported, what are the questions you asked when the person you're pairing with said, hang on a second, I think we could do it another way. Did you just keep pushing on and going, no, 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 I know what to do. You just sit back, I'll get it done. They're not the sort of, I think the, the, the term's been coined in industry, brilliant jerks that we don't want to seek. So it's not about having the best coder. We're thinking about who is going to be the best person for seek in two, three, five years time, not the best person for seek on the day. So we're looking for those qualities. We think those qualities are enduring. 
um, the skill level, that changes, doesn't it? You know, over time, if you don't work on something, your skill will drop off and you can always improve. And I'm sure Ben will say his technical skills have gone through the roof since he's been here compared to what he was doing at the assessment center. So that's probably an overview of the type of qualities we're looking for and what the hiring experience would be. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I was just yeah. about to ask you. No, um, I was going to say it's um interesting what you said before about it being full circle because uh, this year I actually did a lot of the, you know, grad program interviewing and stuff like that. So I actually helped make the codility test that we sent out. You know, I did behavioral interviews for the assessment day. I, you know, also participated in the pair programming. So, yeah, I did a lot of actually the, the hiring process for next year's grad program so it was you know it's a really good experience to be on the other side side of it uh and you really become aware of like you know the things that like a company looks for in the hiring and you're like you kind of think about what you did but yeah it's really good to kind of you know be a part of the process where you can like hire the new grads yeah it's really good how that works i think Uh, It's a unique insight that I think a lot of people don't get to have. Like unless you're in HR or you're a manager or something or you're part of the interviewing structure at the company, you don't really get that opportunity. Our our central hiring has been really eye-opening and and been really good for me and I know other people to get exposure to that process. Um, I've also done the interviews for the uh, Accelerator program as well, for the grad program as well. And um, yeah, it is really surprising. And I think I had the same experience. You you think back to uh, like, remember what I did and why did I do that? And it kind of makes, I feel like it makes you very aware of the competitive nature of your of a career, of having a career, especially in a really um, highly competitive field like software dev, where there is thousands and thousands of uh, graduates coming out of universities every year. Um, and it, I think in a way it kind of gives you a bit of insight around your own behaviors in a positive way. Like you can come out of those interviews and go back to your team and think about what other things that I was doing when I was competing with these people to get this role? Am I doing them to compete for my promotion? Like, am I competing with people in the team for opportunities? And I think for me, at least reflecting on that was, was really powerful. Did you find anything like that for yourself as well? I really weighed up the, what I did well and what I didn't do well during like my like interview process. And it was really good for like reflection, you know, to learn how to become a, you know, a better like, all-rounded person, like a better software engineer. And yeah, it's really good in that sense to just like reflect mm. on, uh, you know, on your past experiences. It's not just software skills that you're developing, right? And I think that's yeah. the thing that's really surprised me and has been one of the most, um, like the things that has kept me keen to stay and, and continue working at Seek is uh, like, yeah, we get great technical skills, but there's so much other um I don't know, potential that you don't even realize that you've got. Like I didn't expect myself to be moving into line management like I am now. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, a couple of points I'd love to add to that is um, it's really great to be on the other side of the fence. You've got a huge amount of empathy because someone like Ben's just been through the hiring process himself 12 months later or less than 12 months later, he's actually helping hire the next cohort. And the question's like, what are the type of people I want to work with? I'm actually in a position now to have some influence and a say in the type of engineering community I want to have a seek and the type of people I want to work with day to day. It's been an unbelievably positive way for us to address um, diversity challenges. I'm, I'm super proud of the fact that over a third of our grads that have been hired um, are female. I'm super proud of the fact that we've been able to attract um, mature age students and career transitioners. I think we've got this idea of a grad as being someone straight out of university, maybe in their early 20s, just not the case. Uh, we've had parents 
in our graduate program. I'm really proud of that. So when I first thought of, you know, what is a graduate program, I must have all my biases kicked in. I'm thinking about someone really early in their professional working life and, um, and, and in that life journey as well. And it's not the case. You know, we've had people come to us in a, in, it's not an age related thing, but they've had other life experiences and other professional experiences before um, joining us. And the last point I make is, and, and Ben would have gone through this training and I know that you have Seamus too, is we work really hard to make sure that anyone involved in our hiring goes through unconscious bias training. It's amazing how those biases, and that's why they're called unconscious, how they kick in. And so it's a really another another uh, a skill that someone like Ben or Seamus, you can add to say, hey, I'm really aware of the biases and when I'm making decisions and determinations around what would be a good fit for SEEK, I'm really mindful of what are these inherent biases that I do have and making sure that we're making really informed and considered decisions about what good talent looks like for SEEK. So Seek is quite large, so I, I think uh, starting a grad program here at Seek compared to maybe a startup might be very different. So I'm kind of curious on your thoughts, a bit of a two-part question. One, if you would do it again, kind of what sort of things you would change. But also, if you were to do this somewhere else or maybe at a smaller company, or what sort of advice you would give to, to them, uh, to someone else trying to start this up as well? Yeah, really great question. Can I just start with what I would do differently if yeah, we started absolutely. this again today? Um, so... We, I, I, we had literally an all-male team. So we had males writing the job ad. We had males doing the interviews. We had males doing the, the screening. And um, surprise, surprise, we didn't get great diversity outcomes um, when we first started the program. And uh, I got tapped on the shoulder by a leader at Seek to said, hey, before you go charging ahead and going to hire your second intake, what could we do differently? And we took the time to sit and reflect and go, what's the composition of our hiring team? You know, have we done unconscious bias training? Uh, what are the, the, the structural and unconscious blockers we're doing to helping people from all walks of life apply for our program? So I think if I had my time again, we would, so all the things that we do and I'm really passionate and proud about now to say that we've got really great hiring practices to ensure that we are attracting and making sure that anyone who's interested in joining the SEEK um, software engineering graduate program has a real legitimate chance to do so, irrespective of educational background, um, you know, uh, gender, age, diversity, all those sort of things. So um, that's definitely something I would change again from day one. If I was a smaller business, a startup, a company that may not have uh, the depth of employee population to support um, a, a graduate program, I would really start by getting involved in the student programs at universities. Um, that would be one thing that I would do. So whether it be an industry-based learning program or some form of traineeship program that universities are offering, I think that's the first thing to be able to because what you'll do is you'll get support from those institutions. They'll already come with a formal structure in terms of timing, how long it goes for. You'll get some support from those institutions. Um, and then secondly, I would look at um, – so that's a traditional linear career pathway. But those that are career transitioners, there are organizations out there, General Assembly, Academy, XI. There's a number of other um, you know, uh, organizations out there in the industry who are growing technology talent – partner with them. 
you'll get a huge amount of support from them. They're constantly looking for businesses to host their grads or to give them an opportunity. It's a very low cost, low overhead way of introducing junior talent. And when I say junior, not in age, but in experience. So they're the two, that's the sort of two avenues I would advise a smaller business, a startup, someone that maybe isn't as resourced as Seek to, to get going in this space. Yeah, you've got to be careful with um, startups, right? Because I feel like the natural inclination, or at least the common inclination that we see is for people to move towards internships and work placement, unpaid work placement. Um, and it's like, that's the complete opposite of what we're offering here, right? Like we're offering, it's a, it's a career, it's a full-time ongoing role. It doesn't have an end date attached to it. Um, you have a salary, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have all the same benefits as everybody else. There's no like, mm. uh, oh yeah, you'll get paid at the end of the three months or something like that, um, which... Definitely in, in other tech industries, like games, is very, very uh, prevalent for doing internships and unpaid work placements. Um, might be a hard question. Do you have any thoughts about or any ideas about how uh, – because it sounded kind of like what, you, what you're describing, right? You, want, you would suggest that small businesses or startups get involved in the uh, university or the school programs. Um, or industry. Or yeah. industry, yeah. How, do you, how, do you, how would you avoid uh, the common pitfalls of like – People, people at the company buying it. Like if you're trying to sell it to the to the CEO or something, you're trying to sell it to the people in charge of the money. How do you sell it to them in a way that is not going down that path of internship and and uh, like unpaid work placement? Oh. Hard question. I, maybe I can just reflect, and, and and I think this will answer the question in part. Um, d don't please don't think I had people falling at my feet wanting to support me when I kicked this off at Seek. Um, and I had literally had engineering managers saying, we're too busy. Uh, we don't have time to take on a graduate. We don't have time to hold hands. All my en engineers are really busy. They're, they've got, they're on the critical path for X, Y, and Z. Um, look, and literally I was, you know, in, in part sort of twisting arms to say, oh, come on, we need, we need a team to host, you know, X, Y, or Z person. Wasn't it funny six months later when I said, oh, they're rotating on his team and they go, what do you mean Seamus is moving? It's like, yeah, his rotation's up. He's got to move on to his, it's like, we, we can't lose him. He's, he's unreal. We like, no, no, seriously, he's, he's fantastic. So one of the hardest thing is um, all these programs is a long-term ROI. You are not going to see that instant injection of expertise or output that you'll get by hiring an intermediate senior or staff engineer from out there in the industry. So you've really got to paint a picture of what is the benefit to the business long-term. And I had some really hard concrete stuff from a hiring perspective. So at the time when we kicked off the grad program, it took over seven weeks to hire a senior software engineer. We had some hard data as to what that cost us directly and indirectly. And then we had all our open headcount and it was like, uh, how are we going to meet demand? And we weren't going to meet that demand instantly by creating a graduate program, but you could see that over time in the medium to long term, if we had a different talent mix where there was experienced um, talent that we're bringing in from outside of the organization, people like you, Will, and Seamus, who we're promoting and developing within the business, and then you've got this pipeline of what I call early career talent, you suddenly alleviate a lot of those challenges around hiring timelines and hiring costs because you're developing your own, your, own, your own talent. There's indirect costs to that as well in terms of time for engineers to go and develop them and so forth as well. Um, with that example of external organizations going down the path of, of unpaid work. Um, you know, 
first of all, there's there's some legislation and, and stuff that, that governs that. I don't think we really have a hist- uh, sort of a culture of that in Australia. I know in places like the US, there's a culture of people taking on unpaid work because it's like, I just need to get some experience. And look, I'm probably not qualified to talk about that market and that sort of experience. I don't think that's as prevalent here in Australia. Um, but it's really important as well that we even ask this question internally at SEEK, teams should not be pitching for a grad if they don't believe they're currently in a state to effectively support that graduate. And what I mean by that is a team that's on fire, a team that's going through some challenges around their own team dynamics or they're under a lot of pressure for deliverables and they don't think there's the right support structure to support someone starting out in their career, they shouldn't be pitching for a grad. And so I'll use that same example with startups or other businesses. Um, It's not free labor. You don't just grab Ben here and bring him in and suddenly he's on the hook for delivering, um, you know, critical pieces of infrastructure or software for your business. Um, Seamus, you've heard this many times and so has Ben, but the number one role of our grads is to learn, not deliver, learn. So we literally create the space for them to learn and that's a luxury in a business the size of Seek. But funnily enough, six months down the track when they finish their rotation, there's this whole track record of outcomes and deliverables. But the philosophy doesn't change. They're, they're there to learn. And just by learning, they, they do deliver. So I'm sure Ben could speak to lots of proof points of where he's actually delivered working software very early in his rotation and being critical to yeah. um, supporting I, work in that team. I am curious, like how, how hands-on have you been with, with some of the code, Ben? Um, kind of just joining in, jumping in. What's it been like? Yeah, so when I started, I probably put it on like a pedestal, like professional software development. I thought it was, you know, some really difficult thing that like (laughs) if I deploy something, production will break and, you know, everything will just like fail and it will just be the worst day ever. Uh, But uh, that like certainly wasn't the case. And I think um, coming into the team, they really help you adjust and like feel comfortable you know, in contributing uh, to, like, the team's goals. So, yeah, but my, uh, like, outcomes coming in were pretty, like, learning-based and, you know, this is what I want to learn, um, these technologies. And, like, over time, I guess, like, those outcomes kind of transform because you kind of, you, you build up some confidence and you're like, all right, I can actually, like, do this and I'm, you know, fairly confident here. So you kind of just, like, transform those outcomes and then, you end up, uh, you know, delivering things, um, contributing to production code. So during my rotation, like I was able to create experiments and we had those experiments running in production. You know, I picked up, we had a Slackbot, our team, and it like automated a bunch of um, tasks that we had to do that were pretty boring. Um, and that's just like, you know, something I could pick up because I wanted to and I wanted to learn, you know, how to write code in TypeScript better and I wanted to learn about AWS services. And you know, from from that, it just kind of like you know, my outcomes weren't really they were learning based, but you know, I was also delivering things as well. So that was really positive, and I feel like as a grad, it really boosted my confidence to you know just take on any challenge that's thrown at me. Great. Yeah. Have you broken production yet? <laughs> um, I actually haven't. Uh, that's good. But that's yeah, good. I'm I'm waiting for the day. I think <laughs> um I'm not excited to, but like I feel like it's kind of a rite of passage for like an engineer because it does happen at some point and that's just like life um and you know at seek here we have good uh good methods of like um getting production back up and running so you know we're prepared for it and actually my first um in my first and second rotation actually 
both my like leaders, like my, my managers, um, you were like, you know, it's completely fine to break production. Um, you know, and sometimes even companies break production on purpose. So the engineers like know how to um, fix it when it does happen for real. So it's, yeah. I do yeah. think that's interesting though, that you came in like, like the, the sort of expectation of like how, uh, you said you kind of put it on a pedestal. I just think that's really interesting how, uh, yeah, you've kind of changed that and how that's like, we, you hear so many horror stories online of people coming in, breaking production or just like what, what sort of expectations you think a software engineer should be. So it's nice hearing that you're, you're learning what it's really like. And I, yeah, I think just like what you said, the learning, such a, such a big part of it. Talking about the work placement and interns, um, saying that like it sounds like the the general advice is that you've got to have a long term mentality. You can't approach a grad program expecting short, quick wins. You're investing in the the longevity of your engineering community, basically. Yeah, the, there's no use uh, spinning up one of these programs because it does take a lot of um, thought and planning prior. There's a long uh, tail to it um, and, and a long lead time as well. Um, why would you be in it for a year? You, 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 there'd be a lot of costs up front, especially in terms of time, um, and then you wouldn't reap any of the benefits. I've never quite understood businesses that uh, have similar programs, but um, they have contingent workers. So what it means is that you've got people on um, you know, fixed-term contracts. It's like, why would you spend the time developing that talent, um, bringing them close to your business, getting them to learn all about your products and services, and then giving them an, uh, the opportunity uh, to leave? Because unconsciously you're saying, we're not quite sure if you're good enough for us. Let's see in 12 months time if you are. Someone like Ben here, we knew from the moment um, you know, he, he applied that we've got you know, really exceptional talent here. And it's one of the things that I probably haven't mentioned is the thing that keeps me up at night is the 21st, the 31st, the 51st candidate that we said no to. Because every single, in, in particular the last couple of years, you're talking about the talent for uh, graduate engineers or people looking to start a career in, in software engineer. Every time we make a job offer, there's two or three other offers to that individual. You know, it, the world's an oyster for someone like Ben. We really need to make sure that we're doing everything we can to say, this is why your career would be best started at SEEK. And these are the opportunities. And I hope we've made good on those promises, Ben, by the way, <laughs> that um, reality is um, is meeting your, your expectations. But um, yeah, I think it's a very, very competitive market. And I don't think companies can just say, oh, yeah, come work for us. You know, you're lucky to be here. In fact, it's the opposite. We constantly have a mantra that says we're lucky to have been. Uh, Seamus, even you. you know, all these years later, <laughs> all these years later, I'm like, yes, we, we, were, we are lucky to have you. How many do we typically bring in a year? Or, well, actually, how many kind of have we had this year, I guess? Because I know that number can change and probably grow. Yeah, really good question. So we had, Ben was uh, one of a cohort of five that started with us in February. Um, less than a month ago, we had um, a cohort of six starting Kuala Lumpur, and that's our, our second cohort. In fact, it's probably one of the things I'm most proud of as SEEK starts to operate more as a, as a regional business uh, across APAC. It was really important for our leadership team to say, hey, let's make sure we're getting um, you know, the same talent uh, at an entry level based uh, in Asia and Kuala Lumpur, we've obviously got a, a big presence there. Um, 
And so typically it's between five or six and we've hired another six that will start in ANZ. Sorry, Ben, but you're going to be replaced um, <laughs> in February. So we're really excited about those six starting us with us in February again. Um, but look, watch this space. Um, such has been the success of our software engineering graduate program. It inspired our strategy team to spin up their own graduate program. So we have a strategy and operations graduate program. So shout out to them. Um, and they're, they're, I think they're about three years into their journey and they're, they're getting great outcomes. And at a technology level, you know, we've got data engineers and architects and security folk that are like, hey, well, maybe we could have a graduate program as well. So I think there's some really good opportunities at Seek and some challenges for me in the future potentially to look at how do we either broaden our current offering or, or spin up some new ones. I guess kind of just to, to wrap it up, um, where, where do you kind of see the future of the grad program going here? Any any plans that you have set up for the next few years of where you're going to take it or anything new? Yeah, so one of the things that's on my agenda is it's been, you know, uh, since 2016 was the last time we stopped, uh, you know, when we were first building the graduate program, we obviously went and looked at what our competitors were doing in the market. What are the, you know, what are the, our other talent competitors do in this space? We haven't done that for a long time. So one of the things that we're looking to do is, is our program world-class? What are the, what are the best companies in this space doing? Um, how does that uh, align or line up against what we do here at Seek? And then what's our opportunities to make it even better? I don't think there'll be wholesale changes. I think I just gave a, a little window to what it could look like in terms of we could have um, sort of adjacent programs that are specific to different technology disciplines at Seek. So whether that be architecture or data engineering or security or machine learning, for example. I, find that a I think that's a really interesting idea. Like I haven't heard about, I'm sure that they probably exist, but I haven't heard about security engineering graduate programs. And interestingly, yeah. I remember talking to our architects in my at the end of my rotations because that's where my long-term path, where, where I wanted to be. I don't know if it still is. It changes every few years. But solutions architecture is very different to engineering. Like it requires a very specific kind of mentality and a very specific kind of experience background. Yeah. Like you, you can't just be a background engineer, uh, back back end engineer for 20 years and then get into architecture because you need to have a really well-rounded jack-of-all-trades yeah. approach to it. So yeah, I would be really interested to see bespoke, I guess, yeah. programs. And I think just to round out the answer, um, you, don't do, you don't make any of these decisions in isolation. So there needs to be a business need. And so I think I forecasted what our business need was way back when in 2016, where I was literally told three out of four hires will be software engineers over the next five years. So how are we going to meet that demand? Um, you know, we need to sit down with the business and say, what's the profile of technologists that Seek will need in the next five years? It may not just be pure software engineers. Well, I might be told that they all need to be front end or full stack or back end, and we might have to jig our software engineering offering to specifically cater to that. I don't think it will be. Um, or it might be that, yes, there's a certain discipline or a type of engineer. You look at the rise of AI. Um, it, we're more and more, we've got a, a bigger presence in the in the data analytics and, and data science space. Security is this ever-present skill that there's always a, a you know, there's a, a real skill shortage, not just uh, at Seek, but um, Australia and worldwide at the moment. So it's making sure that we're in concert with the business, looking at what's their talent strategy, what are our needs for the type of technology Seek needs in the medium to long term. And I think that's where our program will evolve, making sure that 
that we're not doing things just for vanity or because we love it or it's great. Uh, we're doing it because it's actually meeting a business need. But coming all the way back down to someone like Ben, we've got to make sure that they have a really great experience at Seek. Um, one of the things I'm really proud of is our retention. Of those 52 that have started, 48 are still at Seek. And it's always natural. They're going to spread their wings at some stage. I used to love the fact that I used to say 100% retention, but just recently we've had a few spread their wings after a number of years at Seek and, and take on really great jobs with other organizations. Um, but the fact that we're keeping this talent at Seek is a really huge thing as well in an industry that doesn't actually have a long tenure um, in terms of uh, companies. You know, technologists do change. So, yeah. Amazing. Well, that's been very enlightening, particularly for me. Like, I think one thing I really took out of it just is, is uh, hearing about who can kind of join the GRAG program. I know for myself, not going to uni, like I just thought I was cut out of that. I can't do a grad program. So that was probably what I took out of that, that there there is opportunities for people even who haven't gone to uni to, to at least apply and see. Um, yeah, it's not... It's not a. It's not just for uni students, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, it's for smart, passionate, curious people. So yeah. please apply, irrespective of background. Anything you took out of this, Ben? Uh, yeah, it just goes to show how good the program here at Seek uh, really is. Um, you know, I've applied for lots of grad programs as well when I was applying for Seek. Um, you know, and I heard a lot about what they're like, and I think Seek really puts a lot of thought and care into their grads and want to build them into really like well-rounded engineers. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really good program we have here, and yeah, hundred percent can donate. it. Um, yeah, fantastic. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on, uh, Ben and and Scott and Seamus as always. <laughs> yeah, uh, thanks very much. You've been you. listening to Seek Bites, a podcast by software engineers for engineers. <laughs>